0: Uh, Back with regular scheduled programming here. We uh, did our last show, I believe it was in person, where we had Devin uh, interviewed and then we did our own little state of the market show. So anyway, I'm actually coming to the listeners from Singapore in Asia and Michael is 12 hours behind me. It's eight in the morning in Long Island. So it's a little bit of a trippy uh, time sequence here. But anyway, we're going to talk about Novation's. And how do you do this exit strategy? Because I feel like every week that goes by, Michael, there's a new guy going out talking about innovations. And I think in five years they'll probably be illegal. So let's make money on them now
1: before they go away. I don't think they. I don't think they can ever make them illegal, right? So let's talk about. You want me to explain what they are? Yeah, want I was
0: just going to ask you that.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I honestly never heard about them till maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, and the reason why i hadn't heard of them is because no one really did them right they have not been around forever this is not one of those things that all a- it was started i think like 6 or 7 years ago by a couple of guys yeah. and it's a brilliant it's a brilliant uh what do we call it legal um tactic Little to ball. make money so what, what most people are familiar with is uh an assignment of contract or a double close where there's a to b the sellers a we as the investor are b and then we assign it to c b to c or maybe we'll double close with the contract of b to c so that's the simple that, that's a simple way to understand it with an ovation ovation technically is a legal term that means replacement with an ovation you're in contract from a to b and you are going to replace b with a new contract from a to c right and the the there's a big advantages to it. There's big disadvantages to it, especially in New York. But the idea is that you, instead when we assign contracts, when we assign, when we assign uh, contracts, usually we need to assign them to a cash buyer because the end buyer cannot get a regular mortgage because of an assignment of contract. And Fannie, Freddie, and all the major um, government-sponsored entities that buy loans will not allow uh, a person to get a regular mortgage if the seller is. Not entitled on title at the time of contract, and we, as the seller, theoretically, when we assign, are never entitled on those things. What a does is it allows you to assign or sell the contract to a regular end user buyer who can get ordinary financing. So that's an amazing advantage to it. The big the only disadvantage to it, as opposed to we're getting an assignable contract and assigning it, is that the Seller needs to be on board with it and needs to agree to allow a new a new third party to take your place. So they have to know exactly what's going on and they have to agree. And your initial contract with the seller has to have very specific language that says they allow you to do that. Um, and and the truth is the, another drawback that uh, we don't want to talk about too much is that most attorneys, sellers, sellers' attorneys have no freaking idea what this is right and it's and it's and it's it's there's an education i had to educate my own attorneys about it i literally had to go there and have her sit everybody and explain it to them and show them the documents um and they'd never seen it before and these are attorneys who've done you know tons of double closings and assignments they've never seen innovation, so that is what it what it what what it what it what it is and what it allows you to do, it's allowed me and i think you to do is that we can take a deal that would never have worked um because of the numbers let's say the numbers were too high to sell that to make money to a cash buyer and we can take that deal and we can make money by assigning or selling the the deal the, the contract to an end user buyer who will usually pay more than a cash buyer and that when i think of all the deals through my through the last 10 years that i've turned down because they were too thin so just, I'll, let's give some examples. So if a seller calls me and says, I want 550, 550 is my number. And you look and you go, I can sell this property in a second at 600. I can't take that deal to 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 assign it because no cash buyer is going to pay me 600. Only an end user will pay me 600. And if I assign the contract, then they can't get a mortgage. And is there a one in a million chance that I'll find the cash end user buyer? Yes. But in general, most buyers are going to get financing. So that deal was a dead deal. But now that might be a deal where I can take it and possibly novate it. So um, I have... Two deals in the works right now, both getting second part, getting signed. I know you had some of them. And why don't you talk about your your recent experiences with novations too?
0: Yeah. So they're interesting because like you said, you got to explain them to a lot of people, brokers, attorneys, sellers, your team, right? So I've had to pretty much, I should have recorded myself and just hit play and they could hear the whole damn pitch. Cause it's like, I, I feel like I've listened to Eric Brewer enough. I kind of understand it. I used to not understand it, but anyway. So what? Now, would by be- the way, it took,
1: it took me a very long time to wrap my head. It around It is confusing. And I didn't get it? It right? doesn't make and, sense. And some of the and some of the things that come up. Let's just talk about some of the things that that we that we get asked or that we asked ourselves. Is like, why would any seller do this? Right? Like, that's what I asked. Why wouldn't like, they just do it themselves? Why don't you just right? list if it yourself? They just that's list all it all themselves. That doesn't make sense. And there's there's a really good answer to that. The answer is, you are guaranteeing them that you're going to close at that number. And by guaranteeing them and taking on whatever costs, um inconveniences, repairs, problems that come from a ordinary buyer buying that house to a lot of people, that is worth it. I know that you're going to buy it at that price. If the, if the end buyer doesn't perform, you have to come and close on the deal. That's the tricky part. We should talk about more yeah, of that that's later. that's hairy.
0: Yeah. That's the
1: tricky part because I almost had that situation right now in my first second ovation deal um but i found the buyer i'm not going to make a lot of money on it we'll talk about our specific examples but but it actually works right you're going to a seller it's very often a seller just has a number in mind i want this number it could be for a million reasons that that's the number they need and that number could be there could be a significant spread between that number and what you can sell it on the open market but they want the convenience and certainty that somebody like you or me provides and they they know they could probably get more but they maybe they had a bad experience listing a property. Maybe they got screwed with a buyer who who uh, got out of the contract uh, due to a mortgage contingency at the last second, and they want that certainty and convenience we provide. And with novations, you can provide them that certainty and hopefully find an end user buyer who's going to make you uh, get uh, earn the profit on the spread.
0: Yeah, and that's where they there is a lot of value. And I'll share an example on a deal we're doing right now. This is actually in another state, but it's still the same concept. So. I never spoke to the seller, so this is all from Brett. But basically, the long and short is that he's got a decent property down in Delaware. It needs a little bit of work, but it's not terrible. He has a number that he's stuck with. He doesn't want to deal with the traditional process of just getting jerked around, right? Let's just—that's just the way it is with retail buyers. Like I mean, you and I have done this so many times. And I told Brett, I said, well, there's two options because what happens is Brett will then gather all the information and come to me and I'll explain to him the, the, the numbers. So I said, we can make the guy a cash offer of like, I think it was like maybe like 200 or something. It was pretty low. And I said, if he wants to do a novation then, or direct to retail, as Todd Toback says, then we'll offer him like 230, 240. And he took a, took a jump on it. I think he took two. No, sorry. 260. 260. I apologize. So 260, he signed the contract and it's actually actively on the market right now for 310, I think. Yeah. 310. So what? That's a $50,000 gross spread, right? After you pay a broker and everything, it'll, if it shakes out probably 20 grand in profit, but here's where the value is. If that closes, obviously is that that is revenue that i would have never generated if Mm -hmm. i didn't have this tool in my tool belt and let's say you do one of those a month and you don't have any other additional marketing costs that's another
1: 240k in your net if you do two a year it's free it's free money it's free money deals deals that never would have had i i I, that's why i think back i think of so hundreds of that i have said no to that you've said no to that this can make them possible, right? And I tell people, you know, if you're going to let me do a novatable contract, and they, obviously they don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> I can pay you more. And for some people, that number, whatever that number is, is all that matters. They don't care about anything else. Um, yeah, so I had a situation where the guy wanted five and a quarter. You see, I, this was going on for a long time. Where, was, where a, was this? What town? New, in West Hempstead. Um, the guy wanted five and a quarter. I felt like it was a 600 house. Now, this was before the market shifted, so now it's l- lower. I Definitely. sort of had bad on this, but I understand that that's gonna happen. Um, and I said worst case I could buy it at five. So that's so, let's so at five and a quarter. And I had a I had somebody right away at 575. So that was a good deal. That guy fell apart when the market shifted, and now I'm going to contract at 540. So I'm gonna make a few thousand dollars on it. But that was a deal that I never ever would have gotten into, under contract with ever. Um, and there's a million deals like that, and that's what, what the beauty of Novations is. And it's funny because Eric Brewer, right, and Eric Lacha and those guys in York, in the York, Pennsylvania area. The, their innovation is almost a little different than ours because what they deal with a lot of, and they, and they do both of those guys do a lot of business. What they do a lot of is they take houses that are around a hundred grand that need repairs to get them to FHA level. That's what they are. And there are people. That's who just, so
0: cheap. I can't even believe like people pay that much for houses. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Anyway.
1: All day, all day in that area, in the, in the middle of Pennsylvania. So they have people who have a house that needs 10 grand, 20 grand, to make it into a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, That's insane. and and they have a number of let's say a hundred, and these guys are taking it. They're making the repairs to them, and then and then they're making the spread on it and making 30, 40, 50 grand on these deals. Right? For us, it's not. It's very rarely a repair issue. Although I have a deal that might need some repairs that I'm innovation on that I, I'm in, hopefully going to innovate so shortly. Um, but for us, it's really because we have bigger spreads uh, in a lot of the areas we deal with. For us, it's sometimes that spread is more than enough that you'd be happy with the profit, but you can't close on it and then sell it because our closing costs are so high. Yeah, that's where um, New York's a problem. And I can't find, and we can't find a cash buyer at that price either. But there is enough of a spread, right? With innovation. so if there's a fifty thousand dollars spread, let's take an example by me. Most of the areas I buy, it costs me fifty grand—the closing costs on the buy, closing costs on the sale, and holding costs. But if I can ovate it and have no closing costs then it's a deal right i'll, I'll take 50 grand and the, the only real expense as you mentioned before is you're gonna to have to pay you not always but you you may have to pay a buyer's agent uh two percent on it so the fifty thousand well, listing
0: agent it. if you're not if you don't represent yourself so you might have to pay right. 4% total, four 4%,
1: percent total maybe four percent right? for me i i'm always representing myself in in, yeah. in in new york but so but i figure on a five hundred thousand idea that's ten grand so but if i have a fifty yeah. thousand spread and i have to pay 10 grand but legal fees? It's a whole. It's a great deal, right? It's Who a straight up. Legal cost, bill.
0: though. Who pays the transfer tax and all that bullshit? The
1: buyer. I'm only paying transfer tax on the on the on the spread. So the buyer, the seller is going to pay the transfer tax on most of it that you would have paid anyway, unless I agree to cover it. If there's enough of a wow. spread, but the transfer, the transfer tax is not a lot. I mean, it's four dollars. Because the buyer's thousand.
0: buying the title policy and everything, so it doesn't even matter. Like, there's no other really ancillary costs besides the the commission and the transfer tax, you
1: know? No, and then just and then just legal fee, but you had that on any deal anyway. So yeah, so it really opens up a whole new world. And it's, again, as you said, it took me a long time to wrap yeah. my head around it. I could not get it. Eric Lacho is the one that really got me, got explained this to me where I could do it. Eric Brewer was great too. Yeah. And there's a few other guys that do there's it. a couple or guys Gary, popping up now. Yeah, he's, G-
0: he's doing them all over the country, like in like 50 states. He says he's,
1: he says he's primarily an innovation company. Once yeah. in a while he'll do it. He doesn't like wholesaling. Right, and he, he th- these guys are all really good, and you want to learn novations, uh, you can learn it from them. But t- to me, to me, the way I finally understood it is, it's like an assignment. It's a replacement. The, the huge advantage is that you can assign or you can novate to an end user buyer. The disadvantage is that you have to get everybody on board. Now, what a lot of these guys do, not in New York, is they get a power of attorney. A, a limited That's power of attorney, up. which lets them sign the secondary contract. That's amazing. That would never York, work in our area. In New York where an attorney's representing them, there's no way in hell it's going to let anybody sign, sign a power of attorney uh, for a transaction. So From, from sure. the buyer, right? Get out of here. I sort of flushed that part down the toilet, but it still works. And, and these guys told me that they don't always get the power, limited power of attorney. So it still works <laughs> without it. So he they said that, I'm like, okay, this can work. And for you and me, this is a tool that's gonna bring us a tremendous amount of money in the coming years because we are honestly gonna be able to do deals that nobody else is gonna be able to do. If somebody if someone has a six hundred thousand dollar house all day and they want five fifty for it or five forty for it, there is no other real estate investor in, in the world, like you and me, that's going in our area that, yeah. that's gonna say, Okay, I'll take it. Uh, they're gonna say, F you, I gotta pay four twenty. Yeah, um, right. So but we can we can get it done. Now now let's talk about certain properties it works for and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, I was glad
0: you work. said that because there's there's properties you can't do this on.
1: Doesn't if work. They're... Right. It doesn't work if the property needs a lot of work, right? It doesn't work. Unless you work donate it, it is... to a
0: cash buyer on the MLS, but then you might as well wholesale it at that point because you're gonna yeah, have to buy it. Deep. Yeah. It's a waste.
1: It's only for a property that is mortgageable or mortgageable for a small fee, right? Sometimes there's a small issue like uh, FHA needs uh, smoke detectors and, and railings rails. or th- Right? those are things that you and I can. If there's enough of a spread, we can certainly pay for. But um, so, so it needs to be a decent property, um, and what else? And 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 the and the and there has to be enough of a spread between what the guy wants and what the and what you're sure you it's can. It's really the
0: as is value. You're really looking at not the ARV doesn't matter in a novation. It's what is the right. as is value, and that's a number that I look for now. It's what is it worth fixed up via comps? What is it worth? Because here's something that Eric Brewer said. I want to just hit on the as is value thing for a minute. If you look on the MLS in any market in America, like any market from Seattle to Miami, from Boston to San Diego, most sales are not ARV properties, which means that they're they're in I would call them livable not condition.
1: Perfect. Right, not perfect.
0: That's 85% of the, the property. Well, that's about 80% of the properties. I would think Maybe.
1: that how many properties are really flipped? We think, about 10% we think, right? So I would say 90%, yeah. well some of them are in perfect condition because the person, yeah, maybe you're, you're, probably, you're probably right. 85%. You're
0: probably, yeah, right. yeah. So most of the, the value, like when people try to get the ARV, they're looking for these unicorn comparables where there's maybe one or two out of a sample size of 15. So if you really get good at the as is value and you know, like you're straight up doing an arbitrage, like it's worth 750 as is and you can buy it for 550 because the seller wants to net that number, right? The ARV might be 825 or whatever, depending on where you are but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's what is it worth now? And then you said the mortgage, the mortgageable thing you need to, and that this is where like the fact that you and I are getting into novations with a lot of experience is helpful because we know what stuff costs to fix. And I know I can go into a property and I can have a punchless contractor go in there and put paint on the, I mean, just do this, this minimal stuff, minimal, like GFI outlets and handrails and you know, um, maybe put some fix the soffit, like stupid stuff that you would be like, oh, this is a, a minuscule item. Um, it's a huge opportunity. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so I want to actually ask you a question, Michael, about doing this in New York, because
1: sure.
0: the first, the other belief that I broke obviously <laughs> was, uh, oh, this will work anywhere but New York. And then it's like, you got, I thought about it for a while and then I realized it would work in New York. However, let's talk about what do you need from a and we're not attorneys, obviously, but what do you need from a logistical standpoint in your agreements to do this and not have your deals die? Because you need certain right. language and
1: absolutely. So contract. you need a you need a really a rider that yeah. that that has two things in it that are not in any of the. What's a rider? Right? You mean an addendum? A rider is like an addendum to the yeah, contract. Just for the to news. say that the, yeah. that the seller allows this property to be the the contract to be novated. And the seller allows you to market it in any way that you want. That's crucial, right? Because we want to put the these, MLS, right? We want we want to put these things on the MLS, right? If we want to find, if we want the ability to find, uh, yeah, end user buyers, the MLS is the way that we're going to do it. And we have to we have to have that in the contract because the guy can't come back later and say no. So uh, that's crucial. Also, I think it's very important you have a discussion with the seller. Now, I my first novatable deal, I lost. The attorney would not do it. Right. And he end, ended up listing it on the market. And it's going to happen, right? It happens all the time with any deals. But the attorney would not agree because I, when I explained to the attorney, it was a woman, we have to do a second contract here. She said, no, I'm not doing a second contract. So one of the things I'm like, she didn't I'm, want to
0: prepare a second contract.
1: Yeah. You Take know that. Attorney New Yorker. It's probably less. So what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm preempting that with the seller's attorney and saying, listen, if there are any additional legal fees, I know you're doing work twice and by the way, one of these novatable contracts, they did like four contracts because three of the buyers fell out. Um, if there's any additional legal fees, I will cover them, right? My, as per the novation agreement, I'm responsible to cover. So your, your agreement with your seller that you're going to charge him whatever, $1,500 stands. If there's additional legal fees, I will pay them at the closing. And I think that's helped because I'm letting these guys know that this is more work for you. You don't know what the hell is going on, right? I, I know you don't know what's going on. It's going to be a little wonky as you would say, but um, I'll cover any costs, right? If you if you there's an additional 500 a thousand dollar legal fee for your extra work, just bill it to me and I'll pay it and I'll pay it out of the proceeds. So I think that's a good thing to say, and I, I recommend you doing that in New York because and some and it might, it might still not work, right? But I think if, on that first attorney, if I would have preempted it, I might have gotten that deal for her. It was like, why am I going to do extra work? Why? Because mm. you come up with this crazy. Concept of novations. I gotta do a second contract. You know, she, that was the way she looked at it. Incentives um, are so really there. Yeah. Huh? The incentives what
0: like she doesn't right. like so she's now, gonna get a fee, so that, right? She
1: so doesn't... I have a guy right now. And I'm like, listen, yeah. and the truth is that, uh, one of the ones I'm dealing with now, they were very slow. They didn't sign it. I lost the first buyer who would have been made much more money because they couldn't get their act together. So I said something like that to them. he got all defensive. And I'm like, listen, I understand this is brand new. You've never done this before. I yeah. know it. It's it's new. I'm not saying any, anything's wrong, but now we need to get this done now. Uh, and we need because we now another buyer. And I just want you to understand that if you have additional fees, build them to me, and I will pay them. I think when you say that to them, even if they don't, I don't know if they're going to end up billing me or not. But it makes them feel at ease. Like, yeah, you like I understand this is not typical, and it's maybe more work. But if it costs, but we want to build build this more on Pinter, an extra grand, he'll pay us. <laughs>
0: It's, it's understandable, especially too, and now we're, we're, we're like starting to get better at these as we make more offers, obviously. That's the first thing is the attorney. So you, the attorney needs to agree. So just for the listeners, the seller's attorney needs to agree to a novatable, co- which basically just means in plain English that you're going to send back a request for the original contract that says that you're basically allowed to replace your contract, which is what novation means. Right. And as long and as the good. seller signs that,
1: Right. There is one more document that's uh-huh. important, and that's another question that everybody comes in their head: How do I, How am I protected? Right? If, if there's only A to C contract, how do I get paid? So there's an ovation agreement that's sent that's signed by the sell the seller and after you, you
0: find a buyer or before you find a buyer?
1: Uh, after you find a buyer that says, "Hey, this contract between John Smith and and Michael Pinter is now going to be changed to John's uh, that was at five twenty five is going to be a new contract between John Smith and John Doe." At five fifty, the seller has to see it and agree to it. And any proceeds that are in any any expenses that come up with that contract uh, are going to fall on me. And any additional proceeds that come from that contract are going to come to me. That's the that is the document that legally protects protects yeah. us.
0: Can you record that or no? I, I, don't, I would I've probably start recording. I might start recording because think about it. Like if if someone if let's say the attorney is really shady. You know, maybe they have electronic copies, but you could just put that in the paper shredder and say, Listen, you. You, you know,
1: could be. I mean, I, we have a copy. I would, I would, I'd certainly, I'd certainly sue them if they, oh, yeah, it.
0: yeah, for sure. I'm just thinking, like, in my head here, that's, I don't a know, big I know deal.
1: Where, you know, aren't in other states, they'll record anything. I mean, you could, you can write uh, something on a piece of toilet paper, bring it he to the county online, two seconds. For eight dollars, right? For us, it's yeah. like a couple hundred dollars to record, and and they're and the, the clerks are like, that, what is, I don't know what it is. You you left out a dot on on an I and a, and a cross on a yeah, T, yeah. We're rejecting it, right? So what the hell would we even call that novation? I don't know. It's not cr- Yeah,
0: I mean like it's like a, it's a well you, I know what you could do. I'm not an attorney, but basically you could you could pretty much file like a lien that is like a that's what people do in other states. They basically put a lien on the property like almost like a contractor lien, like a mechanics lien, but they're not fixing anything. And they're putting that on the property. And then that gets real. So the way that some of these other guys get paid, this is interesting, is they'll record a lien for the novation fee amount. Like let's say it's 20 grand. And then at settlement, when the bank is going to fund it, they'll issue a lien release and they'll pay it off.
1: It's not so easy in our our counties to record lien. No, it's not so simple. In other states, people do that. Mechanically, you need to be a licensed mechanic. Like I, you need to be a licensed contractor. I don't know if there is a way. I'm I'm open to it, but I I I, I don't know about it yet. They're, the the clerks by our counties are such. Oh, best. the
0: Orange County's a joke. It's it takes. They reject like anything
1: they can. They they almost love to reject things. I just had a a deed that was rejected on a deal I closed nine months ago because of some stupid thing that I need to, re, to to correct. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I didn't do it. It's a title company thing, but. So I, listen, if there's a way to protect us, I'm all for it. If you find some, some, some way well, to do it. In I'm,
0: New I'm, York, I'm, you know, the golden rule. Like it's, you really can't get screwed because of the attorneys, which is the downside of New York right. too. It's like you, you have so like, much protection.
1: It's like, a double-edged sword. It's tough yeah, for us to get it, but no one's getting out. Like, so, But in other in other, in other, in other places where it's so easy to get in and out of contract, yeah. it's also easier to record things. So they, re, they record their contracts or a memorandum. Oh, yeah, contract, I've done a, it. A, a, uh, Memorandum. Notice of contract, right? Every state's different, right? Every county's different. Some w- want you to call it a notice of contract. Some want you to call it a memorandum of contract. Some let you actually just take their contract and record it and that clouds title sometimes, but by us, it's not so simple, but because there's attorneys involved, it's very rare, no. very rare that an attorney's going to want to risk, you know, getting into trouble over something like this.
0: No, you can't, but the, the, the document you said though, the novation agreement that is critical. You need that done. And the thing I'll tell you something I like about novations that I I realized after testing them is (laughs) they're actually more transparent than an assignment, right? Because if you have an assignable contract and it is clear as day that you can assign it, you can sell that to Joe Smith and technically you can do whatever you want. And you could say he's your partner, he's your contractor, he's your banker, he's your, you know, your, your, your priest, whatever. But once that contract's out of your hands, like you're done with a novation, you're telling the seller like what you're doing off the bat and they're either going to agree to it or not agree to it. But there's really no murky water. Like the seller knows they're going to net X. They know you're probably going to make Y. I think it's a more transparent process, at least from how we've done it. Like the sellers don't give a shit. They're just like, whatever, because they want I their agree. number.
1: I agree hundred yeah. percent. I agree. and I. It's crazy. I absolutely agree. I I think it's, in a way it makes me happier to be more transparent too. I'm not that transparent. I'm not as transparent as you are. You're better at that than I am. Oh, Um, wholesales. It's probably just BS in my head where I feel like if I get into the assignability of the, hey, I'm gonna go out into the market that I'm gonna lose some of my sellers. It might just be in my head, but you're better at that than I am. But I agree that Novation's, you're much clearer about what's going on and the seller's fine with it.
0: But you know, it's funny, Michael. We, um, since we started doing this Novation offer, Like that wasn't, we incorporated it. We've been so much more transparent with our wholesale deals. Cause I used to be pretty transparent about it. And unless it's a smoking deal that I'm going to guarantee buy it, whether I wholesale it or not, we're telling the seller, like we're wholesaling this property, especially now with the market changing. We're like, listen, we can offer you this solution. Our one caveat is we need to be able to have like 14 days to find a buyer. I just signed a price reduction for 30 grand this morning in Singapore that says, she's taking 30 grand less and I can still wholesale the house. Like literally, like that's how transparent we're being because of the, well, the market, that's a different story, but it's, the deals you lose by being transparent, like maybe that's 15%, 20%, but the amount of more deals you can get when you don't know, or just the peace of mind you have, at least from what we've seen, it it totally is worth it uh, because when we do wholesale a property, the seller knows we're doing it right. And if you're novating, obviously, like they completely agree, like they signed a legal document saying you can do it. But that's something I was talking about with Brett. Like it's it's changed our business honestly, just because we're able to just not really worry about like this this the deals right. Like if we wholesale it, we wholesale it. If we don't, we don't.
1: But so what do you tell? So what do you tell a seller when you're wholesaling a deal? Oh, that's a great
0: question. Uh, So it depends on the state. So if it's New York, we'll basically Xavier. tell them, yeah. So <laughs> this is the show. We will say, uh, hey, we usually it's a. So I'll start with this. It's normally a haggle, right? Like it's like if I give you X, you take Y as a concession. So normally we're stuck on some number, and and like I said, Brett is doing most of this, but I've trained him, and I still deal with a little bit of it. Generally, they're stuck on the number, and we're pretty much right there. Like they're. Bottom line is kind of our top line. Like we're, we're like kind of in that like zone of agreement. And we will basically tell the seller if we're not a hundred percent sure if it's a deal, because it might be a deal. We haven't seen it. You know, we buy over the phone, blah, blah, blah. We'll say, listen, I think we can do 285 if you give us a 14 day due diligence period. And then, you know, we're going to have 14 days to do the due diligence, we might hire a home inspector, and we might take in a few of our investors to potentially sell this property to them after we buy it from you for 285. Is that something you'd consider or probably not? And usually they're stuck on their number. So in order for them to get their number, they need to agree to our terms. And this is if we don't know. If it's a home run deal, then that this never comes up. We just buy it or wholesale it. So what we do in that scenario is if they agree to that, we'll sign an option contract. So we don't sign a attorney crazy contract with teeth in it. We sign a, basically a one page document that says, I have the ability to buy the property for X. The seller is willing to sell the property for X. Um, In the option agreement, it says that if you want to put a deposit down, you can put a deposit down. It says after uh, 14 days. And if the buyer wants to proceed, they will go, you know, through the process of getting a regular contract signed with attorney and attorney, like the two attorneys, uh, it says buyer is not a broker. The buyer's a principal, uh, buyer might assign this to someone else. It's basically just a document that says exactly what we're trying to do. And when you, if you wanted that.
1: to assign it, if you wanted to assign it, you would assign that option contract. No, you'd actually go. To-
0: no, that's, this is where I hope no one's listening. Who would get me in trouble. <laughs> basically. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Basically what happens is if we do this and we have a buyer who wants the property, we have to scramble to get that thing actually under contract. So then we're giving them the attorney. We're like, here, as fast as you possibly can. I put the EMD in yesterday. Like we're trying to get that property locked up as soon as possible because we don't want to, cause my attorney gets pissed. And John, if you're listening, I love you, bro. If we get a buyer and then we don't have a contract with a seller Know it's just not a good scenario to be in because you have a product that you can't sell because you don't have control over it yet. So, um, we try to immediately get the seller to sign.
1: Sometimes the seller's attorney doesn't move so fast. So,
0: well, normally, and I'm I'm not perfect on this, but I would say nine out of 10 times a seller who agrees to something like this does not have their own attorney. And then actually the deal we did in Newburgh, this is exactly how we made money on that deal. Uh, This is exactly what I did because the guy was stuck at a number. Novation wouldn't have worked on that house. It was too beat up, but uh, this is exactly what we, we, Michael and I did a deal together. Exactly what I just explained. We had a deal we didn't, weren't sure about. I knew it was a good area in terms of demand, put it out there and we ended up getting that guy. I think I forget his name, but he uh, signed right away. So... That's how we do it basically. That's our process. And, um, it's a lot easier to do in other states, obviously, but in New York, we're, we're, we're just looking at it. Like, this is like why we started doing this is because we're getting a lot of, we spend a lot of money on marketing. So, you know, we want to make it as much money as we can on all of our leads. And the contract process is such a pain in the ass in New York. And you have to put five grand down or a thousand, but even if you put a thousand bucks down, like you do three of those a month, that's like three grand a month of fixed cost minimum. So we're like how do we like take more swings and we're like why don't we just try doing this and it started to work so you
1: don't us a deposit on the option counter
0: no 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 i mean in theory you, you can but it's like we don't really
1: do it you're basically putting in the seller's mind that this is for 14 days they're not going anywhere yeah. else yeah and you're going to try to go out into the market yeah. and see it and, and normally
0: like, the, here's the thing with that And i know you got to go in eight minutes but with something like that, it's, it's, there's two things normally from, from me seeing this. Number one, it's probably not going to be a home run deal, right? So if you lose the deal, like don't cry yourself to sleep. You don't really know. Because if this was a six-figure profit, like this would, conversation wouldn't even come up. It would be yeah. like non-issue. And the second thing is that you're, you're, you're negotiating from a very strong point of power from the seller. Because you're like, listen, I might want to do this but you have to basically give me my terms in order for me to consider giving you your price. And you plant the seed of doubt in their mind that, listen, and this is something that Brett is phenomenal at, is you let them know what the downside is before you sign this little document on DocuSign. You say, listen, there is a chance we will come back to you in 14 days and tell you the price is not going to work. That's your ultimate downside. And then we're just in the same position where we were when we started. Are you okay with that or probably not? And then we, we just get the seller to let us know. But normally, like I said earlier, it's a haggling, it's a barter situation. Like they want their number and we could sell all day long. It doesn't matter. You're
1: telling you you it's possible though. I can give it to you. So that's, that's
0: the, yeah, exactly. Um, So that's what we're doing. Like, I guess it's like a hybrid between novations and wholesales, but
1: I call them tweener deals. Listen in, in 49 States, that's how they work. I mean, it. you That's can do that problem.
0: with a normal contract. I've done this in like Pennsylvania where like- just, That's
1: a regular okay, contract. It's That's a regular like contract. Bullshit. Exactly. Complete bullshit. Well, it it, makes it's your I, bro- it. I may have to incorporate that into my- You reputation. got? I'm
0: telling you, man, it'll bring you another deal a month and it'll just be money in your pocket. And listen, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's the thing I like about it. no like, downside. There's no downside. It's like you tie up a property in theory for no risk. And yes, you don't have a binding contract, but here's another thing too, and- I wish we were lawyers sometimes because I really uh, love getting into the weeds. But if you were to get, like, let's say someone were to be like, oh, you're trying to market a property. You don't own blah, 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 whatever. If you pull out that document and you both signed it, you can't – well, I'm not an attorney, but you probably can't get in trouble because you you did everything. Like, there's no – you can –
1: who would come to you with that complaint? I'm just saying.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like, in theory, if someone was, like, wanted to be an asshole and, like, say, oh, you can't do this," It's like, no, look at the document. Never, I've never
1: had anybody do that. And, by the way, I have done that, right? So what I do.
0: Oh, I've, what done I do I've done that without being in
1: contract. <laughs> exactly. And I've never <laughs> had somebody come to me and say, well, uh, you're, you're I've a been
0: scared boy. a few times doing that. I have a deal right now, actually, where I'm, I'm kind of naked uh, in the pool. Because <laughs> the guy's like, I'm in Singapore. He wants the contract. The guy, the broker won't call me back. And the guy wants like a huge deposit. And I'm like sitting here swimming naked and the tide just came out. So I gotta call him (laughs) in probably 20 minutes because it's gonna be
1: anyway. Is that a deal where you're not sure if you want to do it?
0: It's a deal. Well, apparently there's a buyer who wants it for 750. No, 740. The seller agreed to 650. Broker's gonna make some money. But it's not, it's not straightforward. There's tenants in there. It's not straightforward. And it's like- Not so simple. No. And they want a big deposit and he wants to close in 30 days. And it's not like a very easy peasy, as you would say, deal. So I'm like trying to, if the buyer is good to go, because they were like, they want to get a mortgage. And I'm like, dude, you can't get a mortgage. It's either cash or hard money. And then he's like, so I'm like, okay, I can risk my $6,000 deposit here and maybe try to find a buyer. But I could- wait and take the risk maybe the seller goes away and wait for that buyer to actually commit and then i'll go wire the six g's and it's not an issue but anyway yeah so this happens a lot too like because then it's like eh, like do i want to do this i don't know the guy wants this this
1: the buyer may disappear also
0: exactly and then i'm stuck holding the bag you know so this is something that no one talks about and i love how we only have four minutes left but like this kind of shit is what like happens to everybody at least in our new york area Cause a lot of the properties are confusing and they're expensive and you don't really know what's going on. Like if, if the one takeaway, I guess for the listeners is like, you need to understand like every deal you do is not going to be the same. Like I've done business in other markets. Michael's done business in other markets. You could go to Dallas and literally go into a zip code and every single property is going to sell in between like 300 and 340. and our market. It's the complete opposite, <laughs> especially in the 100%. city like Yonkers and shit. Like, you could be on one street in Yonkers, and then you're getting shot at, and then you go to the next street, and you got a, you know, seven hundred thousand dollar. Okay.
1: So Hempstead. I got a deal in Hempstead where I think I could buy. It for oh yeah, yeah. Shithole blocks over, over Garden City. where the property? Is, uh, it's a million and. A half. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, right. it's it's totally yeah. So it, the point, and we'll we'll wrap the show up now. The point of this uh, podcast is obviously to explain innovations But if you're in our area, if you're in the Northeast, if you're in New York, if you're in any market that's expensive, honestly, the more tools you have in your tool belt. It, you're just gonna it's gonna be so much easier to succeed with your marketing efforts I was just reading a great book again called the millionaire real estate investor Gary Keller wrote it and I was reading at the pool earlier like he was talking about lead gen and really successful investors are a masters of lead generation but if you you can get really good at lead generation but if you can't convert and turn these deals into money you know it's gonna be a lot harder to market because you're not gonna have an ROI but the more tools you have in your tool belt is gonna you know, ultimately help you definitely study more on novations just we'll give you some quick resources now there's uh there's two gentlemen that i know pretty well that teach this or three of them eric brewer i think it's brewermethod.com cory geary it's novation nation.com and i know todd Toback just came out with something too that's novation his yeah they're all the same i think his is i forget what it's called NovationClass.com, but There are people who have done more innovations than Michael and I who teach this at a high level. So we recommend if you really want to get good at this, I would um, pay one of those trainers to learn, but also take into effect the fact that they do not do business in New York. So you have to take our podcast and then merge that with the training and then you'll have success. (laughs) You know, it's like anyone in New York, it's like just you got to take that information and then like talk to one of us and then we'll tell you how to execute, because if you don't, right. you're going to be just
1: how it, how and why it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. All right, Michael. Well, listen, I know you got to go at 830. So uh, I'm going to get ready for bed here in Singapore.